Hey guys, it's your girl Charlene with Soul Sisters Talk, and here we go with part two of the journey of marriage. The ups and the downs, but we can make it through them together. Enjoy this podcast. Love you guys. Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlene with Soul Sisters Talk, and thank you guys for joining us. Today we are doing part two of our series on marriage, the journey of marriage, the ups and the downs, and we can make them together. I mean, we can make it through them together. One of our commitments on Soul Sisters Talk is to always feature ordinary men and women doing extraordinary things in their lives. People who are impacting the world day by day, little by little, change by change. So this series is designed to do the same, to create an open dialogue about marriage, its ups and its downs, and to know how marriage is honorable before God. We know that it is challenging to mix and mesh two personalities, two willpowers, and two hearts together but certainly we can do it and we can make it through those challenges. And so today we're going to explore with this couple how they made it through. I want to introduce to you our guests today and I wanna thank them in advance for being open and transparent today on our show, being vulnerable to tell other people and to help them how they too can go through this journey called marriage together. Today we have Mr. Christopher Warren, and Melissa Terrell. They met in 2000 and they were married in 2002. They have three lovely children. I hope I'm saying her name right. Zaina, yes. 22, who is graduating from Winston-Salem State University in August this year. Celebration <laughs> <Hey. laughs> time. Their son, Christopher Jr., who's 17, better known as Chris Feed. He's an R&B and hip hop artist who is graduating from high school this year on his birthday, June 10th. And then their baby daughter, Destiny, who's 16 and she's a rising senior who yeah. loves doing hair. Yes, and I've seen her work on my son. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> and developing natural hairline products. Yeah. The family has start, started come, to come to their own and developing their own children and familyhood. And they started out in Brooklyn, New York. And they relocated to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is Warren's hometown. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And they've gone through many triumphs, challenges, heartaches, ups and downs. But their family is rooted in the faith of God, and that has kept their values on the forefront. This has enabled this family to continue to be an inspiration to others, even in their imperfections. They are also the owners of Writing Life Entertainment, which is a family business. Their oldest son, Chris Feed, which we mentioned earlier, who is a high school um, senior this year, graduating, is currently pursuing a career in entertainment industry. He has released his first album, woo, um, entitled Inevitable by Chris Feed. The heart of these trailblazing parents are for their three children to pursue their passions and follow their dreams. Their daughters are also interested in following the family business of entertainment as well. So welcome, you busy people. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank 
Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you having us. us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about um, your business, Writing Life Entertainment. Um, well, it was a business I started when I was in New York because, you know, I left here in 92 to pursue, you know, music career along with my partner at the time, Adrian Hinton. And, um, you know, we were just young and gullible and um, go-getters trying to pursue. And um, once we, when I separated from becoming men and doing our own thing, I started writing Life Entertainment. Um, and I started it through my publishing, um, which I have with ASCAP, and which is the main way you you eat when you're a writer and, and um, songwriters and producers and whatnot. So um, I kind of just blended that into my business and hope to one day bring that um, business to fruition in North Carolina. So I've done that and um, started, got our first artist, which is my son, Crispy. And um, you know, we hope to expand and do a lot of, of other things, but that's the gist of it. <clears throat> Let me know if you need some female artists. Hey, bring it on. We're going to need all of it. We just got to get the first one off and, and run it. Let me give me some hot tea, sip on my voice, yeah. get my vocal cords. Yeah, right, come on, get with it. I'm still waiting for my pop album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you got to get the wife on hey, first. You got to get the wife. Unless I can be your backup singer, girl. Hey, I, I, I did record her, though. She, we got a song together. We just uh, All right. Yeah, all man. right. My, med, my, uh, my boy, Med, he loved her voice, a producer I worked with in New York. Um, it's funny listening into it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like J-Lo. <laughs> oh, ooh, girl. Let's get that J-Lo check, okay? Get that, money. <laughs> get that money, honey. Well, that's good. You guys are really busy, and, you know, it is an honor to um, share this platform with you guys. Just an honorable mention, you guys were in a magazine recently, weren't you, Mr. Yeah. Terrell? Yeah, that's oh, really? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, that was the um, Sir Walter magazine. So okay. they featured uh, me and my son, um, where, you know, since I, again, I started doing this years ago, they wanted to feature me and they know my relationship with my son is, you know, uh, when you're a black man, they don't usually see um, a bond of, you know, a man and a father, a son and a father. So they wanted to feature that, of course, they follow the entertainment as well but um the lady the writer um uh, miss laura wiggins you know she followed me she's been following me for years and uh, she wanted to, to do an article on on me and my son just with the growth and where he's going and what we've been doing so i was honored to be a part of that because sir walter magazine is not just like an urban magazine um it's a really uh, popular magazine especially here it's one of the biggest ones here Blessings to you guys. And I, I read the article. I saw the pictures. I was like, I know them people. They yeah. were great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we got to get Mr. Feed on here maybe one day to feature him and he can tell us a little bit. I'm interested in to know how he came up with his name. So I don't want y'all to tell him, but I'm going to have to get him yeah, to yeah. tell me that. So we'll have to get him on here. Absolutely. So we like to start our podcast off with interesting quotes. So Reggie's gonna pick our first quote for today. He gotta put his glasses on. Yeah, I gotta be <laughs> Well, this is an unknown artist or poet. And one of the quotes that she said, a husband and a wife may disagree on many things, but they must absolutely agree on this, to never ever give up. So I kind of like that one. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like to do um, quotes because I think they're thought provoking. They make us think, you know, and when we're talking about marriage, one of the important things is that 
marriage is possible to work when both people have the same end goal. And so if the end goal is to never give up, then we're going to exhaust all possibilities that we possibly can, right? So what do y'all feel? How do y'all feel about that quote? Uh, totally agree. That's, that's it. 100%. I'm, I, I like that quote, but I'm just reading it for the first time, so I'm, I'm kind of digesting. Read it again, Reg. <laughs> okay, it says, by none on artists, a husband and wife may disagree on many things, but they must absolutely agree on this. Never to give up. To, ne to Excuse me. To never, ever give up. And I think people forget our vows and the importance of our covenant that we come into this thing with one goal. Right. Togetherness, love, eternal love, unlimited love, and to forever love. Right. And I think people forget those vows for better or worse, sick or, or rich or poor, sickness or in health. I mean, marriage encompasses a whole gamut of characteristics and attributes of things that occur just through life right and i think people forget that you know today it may not be a good day today i may be broke tomorrow i may be rich but through it all this is who i choose to do it with you <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely absolutely my best days with my worst days with her are my best days because i have someone to endure the journey with Amen. Right. Absolutely. And, and and to have someone to love me unconditionally who ain't my mother. Right. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? To Absolutely. have that same kind of love from a person, but you have an intimate experience with her, is 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 an awesome thing. So right. I do love that quote. Yeah, and and also just to tag along with that, you know, a lot of the people that do become well, especially, you know, in this new generation that we've had so over the last 20 years when people are getting married and whatnot, they don't look at it as, you know, what the vows really mean. You know, of course, now people change the vows of, what you know, it's not really biblical and whatnot, and they make up their own, which is fine, yes. um, every, to each their own. But they don't do it in a way where, um, with the last line that you mentioned, uh, that you mentioned about don't give up on each other. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they always give themselves an out. Yes. And when you give yourself that option for an out, you know, many times you're going to choose that that out. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I understand certain situations where, you know, it's, you know, when you abuse and, you know, certain things that you can't get over. I, I get those, but, you know, sometimes people just give up just because. They yes. just don't want to be with that person anymore for whatever reason. And um, that's not what the union of marriage was about. So we, uh, you know, I, I look at my parents who have been a great inspiration for me and everybody doesn't have that. Yes. But because of them, I value, you know, what, what marriages should be. Absolutely. And they weren't perfect either. So I know if they weren't perfect, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to always agree. Um, like, you know, we told you right before the podcast, you know, we, we argued about getting this Zoom video right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I did it my way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, What's up? you know, it's just, just silly stuff. You know, it's, I wanted to sign into my account. She was like, you don't have to sign into your account. <laughs> but I chose to do it, right? <laughs> just because. I, little stuff like that leads to a lot of bigger things that people just take out of context. We don't take it out of context. We laugh about it later which is what we always do, but yeah. 
some people don't know how to uh, get beyond certain things that turn into bigger, you know, things that you have to deal with. So we make fun of it. That's good. That's good I also say that um, divorce is not an option. Yeah, she yes. told me that. She kind of scared me a little bit. She was like, you know. <laughs> so, you know, one of our friends recently got married and everybody's, you know, toasting to them and giving them advice on being married. And that was one of my advice was divorce is not an option. You're stuck forever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's, that, that is an awesome quote that you say, divorce is not an option because it doesn't leave room for, the, for anybody for an out. Right. right, right. You know what? It, what it basically says is, through it all, we gonna work it out. Right, right. Through it all, there's resolution, and most importantly, in and everything can be reconciled through Christ. Mm. Right, everything is forgivable. You, you see what I'm saying? And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people miss that in marriage because they go in with a preconception notion, and if it don't work according to their plan, which how many people's plans work out? Right. That's like people plans work out. It just man, I had the best plan when I go to work on Monday morning. <laughs> as soon as I get on the job, so it, 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 it yeah, exactly. It's called life. You know, yeah, it's called life. Um I look back over the times when me and my wife first got married to now. And all the weddings that I was in, a lot of them people ain't even married no more. Right. Exactly. Same for us. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? And, and, that, and that just leads me to say, Reg. Choose wisely. Yes, sir. You know, absolutely. You just, you just don't. I mean, a, a lot of people just run and 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 see storybooks and think that's what the wedding is gonna be. Yes. And when it's not going accordingly, they they want to opt out. Yes. You know, choose wisely. You just don't choose a partner just because uh, he or she may look good or he or she may have something that you might want to be a part of. You got to choose because you feel that. Yes. Um. You know. I am one person that had been married before and didn't work out and, you know, terrible breakup um, and same with her. Um, and, you know, that devastated me, yes. right? Um, just because, like I mentioned before, watching my parents, um, I thought that, you know, my, my vision was to be married forever, right? Yes. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm never doing this thing again, ever. You know, I was young, I was gullible, um, and you know, it didn't work out like it was supposed to. And um, same situation, similar with her. So when we met, I was like, man, you know, I, I had turned into something that, you know, is not of God, you understand? You know, I was out there in New York, I was, He's all his business industry. Yeah, I, was a, <laughs> I, I turned to a wild man. I was up there in the music industry. You know, I was working. I was single, um, looking for something that, you know, I didn't. I know I probably would never get, yes. but I was. I was just reaching for things that wasn't there. So when I did meet her, I was like, "You want somebody that treats you, you know, that treats you good and." do certain things for you. And she was doing all that and she scared me. I was like, man, this can't be real. <laughs> you know, yeah. it can't be real, right? And that's how I looked at it. Like, nah, yeah. nobody treats you like that unless they're trying to set you up. And that's how I felt. Cause you know, it, me chasing women in New York and you know, all whining and dining them and just doing all these things, you know, going to different parties and just 
out there, I just didn't see anybody genuine. So I never thought I would settle down again. And when she started treating me like that, I was like, man, I, am I, what's going on? Yes, sir. You know, but it, it was a godsend. You know, she's been a godsend to me. So uh, that was the reason why we were still together now. But it's normal to feel that way because when you're burned once, you know, you have that stigma for everyone and same with me. But usually the writings are on the wall from the beginning and you choose to see it or not. And I guess being young and naive, you, you feel like, well, maybe it will work, you know. And of course it didn't. and It didn't work for us. But we learn from it. Right. And I've learned from it. Right. So when I'm looking... Well, I wasn't looking at myself either. We kind of just stumbled on each other, but you already know what the, what you want. Yes, sir. You yes, ma'am. know what to look for and what not to look for. And that's good because I was going to ask how you guys met, but now we kind of heard a little bit about it when you was on your rendezvous up in New York, chilling. You stumbled across a pretty young thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny how we met. We have two versions of the story. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> My version got music to it. Yeah, the sound <laughs> version. <laughs> well, don't tell us your version of how y'all met. So I had a Haitian friend. I lived in Brooklyn at the time, and I had this Haitian friend. Uh, we called him Hennessy uh, on the block. So when I moved to Brooklyn um, from Jersey, I was, um, you know, staying on this street called Hawthorne, and... Um, full of people from the islands, right? You know, mm -hmm. St. Albans, Trinidad, Jamaica, uh, just anywhere, Barbados, everywhere that you can think of, everybody on that block was from an island, right? Mm -hmm. And for the first probably year and a half, two years, I didn't deal with anyone. I'm in and out, you know, and, they, and again, like I said, I was, I was bringing people in and out and I just keep moving because I didn't know them, they didn't know me, that's their block. So I was just in and out, but after a while, you know, they started offering me food and we became the best of friends. You know, they still family right now today. And um, anyway, I was kind of down this, this particular Saturday and my man was like, yo, yo, T, just jump in the car and ride with me. We go to the city, look, look for some girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was it. Like, yo, let's that go. That makes us happy. Let's go down to the city and check some girls right quick. So I hops in this truck. We roll around, we go down Empire Boulevard, which is a kind of famous uh, boulevard in Brooklyn, uh, where there's, uh, what's the state ranch, or what was the stadium? Uh, yeah, so like, a, anyway, we're going on this block, and he's like, yo, T, hold up. He makes a U-turn, right? And um, evidently he saw somebody, and he then made another U-turn, and Spanish girl sitting over here at the bus stop. And my man Haitian, he, he speak like five different languages. So he over there like, you know, all that. <laughs> and Melissa looking at him like, get away from me. Like, <laughs> please just pull off and get away. Yada, yada. But she on my side, right? <laughs> he on the passenger side. I'm on the passenger side. <laughs> I'm, I'm the scrub, right? You best friend's ride. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I said, yo, yo, she, let, let, me, let me get this. So I start talking to her, I get out. Now, now she's looking at me like, oh my gosh, please get away from me. Yeah. For one thing, next one. Yeah, but when I start talking to her, the music started coming out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, the yo, music yo, came on. yo, 
It was so crazy. Like she, she was so locked in on it, the words I was saying. She gave me a kiss, man. <laughs> I, made, I made a mess. I can't wait here. to hear Melissa's version. Yeah, that's his version. Yeah, right? I, made a <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, I got you, girl. I got you. Yeah, I started doing the LL song where he's sucking on the lollipop at the bus stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> So yeah, that's my version. That's my I, version. I, I, we believe your version. Okay, Melissa, let's hear your version. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. Red. Like mine. <laughs> that's what happened, Red. So yeah, so I was on my way to the club because you know that's what young people do uh, on the weekend. <laughs> but um, I was actually going to meet my cousin, and the the boulevard that he's talking about, those blocks are long. They're like even though it was like three blocks to get to the train station. There are three long blocks. So of course I'm dressed to go out. So in New York, there there's a lot of cat calling. You know, they call at you and I didn't want that attention. So I said, I will take the bus to get to the train station. So that's why I was standing at the bus stop. But I did see a vehicle go by. It was a white SUV. Um, and then I seen it come back with a signaling. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, please don't. <laughs> Don't make a U-turn over here. <laughs> and sure enough, they turned in right in front of me. And like he said, his friend was talking to me in Spanish. I don't remember what he said, but I'm just like, okay, keep it moving. But he came out and um, he Did you heard the music? <laughs> he gliding out. That was a theme music. I started gliding over to him. <laughs> so he came out and he was talking to me. And I think... Um, in my mind, I'm like, should I give him my real name? Oh, you know. <laughs> um, and then he was asking me, of course, where I was going, and I told him, and he mentioned about a party. So one of my other friends, um, I had wanted her to come with me to this party that I was going to, but she, because she had a car, <laughs> right? But she was going to the party he mentioned. So that clicked, and I was like, oh, well, you know, my friend is going to that party. He said, you should go. And then I was like, well, we already had plans and I'm meeting someone. So that started the conversation. And then my bus just went by. <laughs> so now you need a ride. <laughs> I said, you need another <laughs> Because I guess they saw people standing around, didn't think they, you know, it was at night. So right. waiting for the bus, they just drove by. I was like, oh my gosh. And my cousin is calling me like, where are you? And I'm thinking I'm gonna have to walk those three long blocks. They offered me the ride. And of course I was scared to go in, yes. but I was also kind of desperate. I was, <laughs> I was like, girl, I got you. <laughs> now, I don't recommend everybody to do that, but I was kind of desperate, but I will jump out of a, a moving vehicle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I know that's right. So they took me to um, the train station. Um, they offered to take me to the club when I said no. I told them we were meeting someone else, which wasn't true. Um, but um, I thanked them. I did give him a kiss on the cheek, thanking him. See, but he makes it seem five like minutes, man. <laughs> five minutes. I had a red five minutes. Five minutes, Melissa. It was just a, a thank you kiss on the cheek, and mm. we exchanged numbers. Mm. Um, How soon did he call you back? 10 o'clock in the morning, you know. <laughs> I think she had, I think she had you, brother. Oh. It's 11 o'clock the next day, brother. I'm still recuperating. <laughs>
That's funny. So then the next question I would have had, it was love at first sight, for, at least for Warren, because he heard the music. <laughs> nah, I really wasn't love at first sight. I ain't gonna, but it was, uh, it took me a while to get there. Okay. You know, because I was unsure. Yeah, I'm just, I was just doing my regular. You just, it was first at first sight. Of course. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we really couldn't really see each other until maybe the next day in the light. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, yeah, yeah, it was just getting dark at the time <laughs> I saw her. Um, but, um, you know, we did meet up the next day for lunch. And, um, Start kicking. We've been, we've been kicking it ever since. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Let me ask a question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. I would say we talked for hours. I think I knew everything about him that that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that's that good. That's when you know it's going to be a good relationship when you can just spend lots of time just talking and talking <laughs> and talking. Warren, let me ask the question that I've asked all the men on the show. When you grew up, was marriage something that um, your family talked about, or as a man, you grew up, or a young boy, you grew up thinking, I can't wait to get married. I'm excited about that. That's what I'm looking forward to doing in life. Well, I never said I can't wait to get married. Um, but I thought that was part of what it was supposed to be. I thought that was just part of the, the lineup of life. You know, again, like I said, my, my parents were married, so I figured that was what I was um, supposed to do as well. Um, but it wasn't that I couldn't wait to get married. Um, yeah, but it, it was, it was, a, you know, it was the lineup of what I saw, you know, I saw my, you know, I had quite a few people within my family, not everybody, because most marriages in my family didn't work out, um, you know, with aunts and uncles and cousins and things of that nature. But my parents did, and I had a, a aunt, uh, an uncle, uh, several older aunt, aunts and uncles that were uh, married for, for years. So you just admire those and hope that you would be in a situation of the same. How about for you, Melissa? Did you grow up thinking about marriage and that's something that was a goal of yours or? Eventually, um, I mean, my family, a lot of my family members did not get married. They were just cohabitating um, and that was the norm. Um, and um, my mother actually got married when I was 10 um, and she kind of started a, a trend that then my uncle got married and then my aunt. So she kind of inspired, I guess, my other family members to get married. But as I got older, that was something I wanted to do it right. I felt like I felt marriage and then children, you know, I wanted to be in the, in the order that it should be. Absolutely. So let me start asking some questions to you guys. So looks like y'all had a very interesting and very illustrated convergence <laughs> memory of how y'all connected. So I like both versions. I love the music. He just floated up to you and you just risked away. I love it. Um, what was some of the hardest challenges that you guys faced early on in, as young couples in your marriage? Do you remember like one thing that maybe stuck out to you, Warren, and then maybe one thing that stuck out to you, uh, Melissa, when y'all were young in marriage? Yeah, um, for me, it was um, my my wife had a child already, a toddler. So I was like, man, I'm not getting into a relationship with all uh, when you know have to deal with a baby daddy drama, you know. And I'm I'm single and I don't have any, so I was like, why would I do that? Why would I put myself in a situation like that? And um, so that was some things that I held back on 
from the beginning, um, just because I, I was like, I didn't want to put myself in a situation like that. But then after being around, um, Zayna was two years old at the time, and I kind of fell in love with her before I fell in love with Melissa, you know what I mean? So it was like, that's what really got things going. But even with that, it was um, some barriers because um, Zayna's parent, grandparents' background were Jehovah Witnesses, and I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't brought up. So there were a lot of, there was friction with that. Um, so those were the things that started out, like, I'm not sure about this. Yes, um, and, and how to handle that because that just brought on things that you know I wasn't accustomed to trying to deal with and trying to get through it okay um but you know God is good God is the yes. ultimate um provider and was able to to get us through it um in ways that I you know wasn't sure if we would be able to make it through that's Amen. good that what was about you what about you Melissa I mean the same thing so having a child and especially a girl you know, you're very protective of who you bring into your home. Praise Lord. And, um, you know, that's why even after my separation, I didn't, I couldn't date like I wanted to because she was my priority. Yes. Um, so meeting him, of course, you know, it wasn't planned, but when I saw how he treated my daughter, that was, that's what made me love him is because he loved her, you know? And, and, you know, and during my journey, I, I've, I've always been, you know, I didn't grow up um, going to church every Sunday. You know, I used to go to church. Um, I was raised Catholic and I went for a short while, but most of my teenage life didn't go to church. That wasn't something that we did unless it was Easter. We were, we were the Easter uh, attendees, right? Once a year. So I was always searching for spiritual guidance. And when, um, like he mentioned, um, my daughter's grandparents were Jehovah Witnesses. So of course they poured into me their beliefs and I studied with them for a while. And then um, we did, when we met, of course, I still had some of those um, values of being a Jehovah Witness and then he raised Baptist. So we did clash a little bit on the spiritual side in the beginning. So those are both, I mean, relatable concerns, right? Absolutely. Like couples could go through today. Can you guys tell us with that, as y'all face those early on, how did you guys start learning how to deal with conflict resolutions as your marriage grew on the journey? What kind of things did y'all use to resolve that? I mean, you can tell us the, the nitty gritty, the rough stuff to where y'all are now, if you want, if you're able to. I mean, I was always right. Once he says sorry, we were good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what it was? It was really just, you know, the God in me and and the knowledge that she had of the Bible. Um because once we realized that you know, the Bible is, it has everything we need, right? Absolutely. And then I had a father, I still have a father, but my father was always uh, that that spiritual guide for me. So when I had certain questions about certain things, he would, you know, kind of guide me, right? And then just overall having um, a good mindset for myself of what I've already seen and been through. Um, so because of my history and and 
of seeing certain things and knowing certain things, I kind of handled things more maturely and using wisdom. Um, and we, even when we were searching for a church to worship at in New York, you know, um, the first one we went to, I took it to this Baptist church on Washington Avenue. And I, I liked it because it reminded me of home, right? Uh, she wasn't feeling it. Um, and we ended up finding. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't like it. I think they sang for five hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah well, he's a musician, huh? <laughs> it was kind of long now. You know, we, we, we caught them on one of those Sundays where it was a big celebration going on, and they would just, they, they would nonstop. So we had about three hours. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up finding this place called Christian Cultural Center, which was non denominational, uh, led by the Reverend A.R. Bernard. And he's probably been one, he was probably the greatest teacher I had ever come in contact with. And he was straight about the Bible. It wasn't about a denomination of where you're from, where you've been. It was about learning and knowledge, giving you wisdom. And we both, you know, embraced that well. So that's what really made us stronger and then had our family in a stronghold. Um, and that's really how our journey really began there once we put God in the midst of everything that we were doing. Praise God. That's good. And, and then being you. honest, I'm sorry, and then okay. just being honest, you know, um, you know, honest about how we feel, you know, not keeping secrets, you know, being open, showing our vulnerability, you know, not having the pride, you know, to, you know, and sometimes you can still be stubborn, but still not keeping that, that window, that guard up, you know, just sure. being able to. We had that struggle too when we first got married because we was worshiping in two different locations with two churches. So we had to find a medium that worked for both of us that we can worship because she had a family church. I had a family church. <laughs> he didn't want to stay and I didn't want to go. Right. But we had to launch out on our own because of, I think one of the, doing our counseling with um, Reverend Robinson, one of um, my ministers, who counseled us before we got married, he made right. so specifically and some instructions clear about our marriage. It's our marriage. Right. Okay. And that resonated with me so vividly because, you know, I come from a family, bless your heart, when you're doing what they want you to do. Absolutely. Right. You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. When you're doing opposite because you lead in your family. And God is using you and putting dominion in you to do so, it became a problem. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So it, it just made our family structure so much easier to grow and mature in the things of Christ without being having any strongholds or hindrance from either side because we was newly married. And right. we didn't need that. Right. We had enough to deal with. You know right. what I mean? So I, yeah. I commend y'all for working through that because that could really be hinder or destroy Absolutely. a relationship, especially in the finite beginning of a relationship. Right. And I know for me, we both were very active in our church. And I know this sounds weird, but I didn't want him to be Charlene's husband. You know what I mean? When he came to the church, he was my husband. And that, and I was proud to be Reggie's wife, you know, right. but he had history at it. I really wanted us to have something that would be right. the Williams family. They right. would know us as a collective versus 
the individuals. And let me tell you one thing I've learned is that people love to remind you of who you were before. Oh, absolutely. You know, and if they mean you no good in your relationship and you constantly are in that environment, they'll constantly remind you, I remember your husband when. Well, I don't need to remind me of that all. You know, (laughs) that was 21 years ago. That ain't, you know, I don't need to remind me that. So I was glad that we made that decision. Let me read another quote. It says, marriages stand the test of time when both of you and your spouse work towards making things better. And we are tested the most when we face adversity. If you can sail through the adversity as one, as a team, then you have won half the battle. And it sounds like as you guys grew in your relationship with conflict resolution, Warren said, one of the things that I grabbed from what you said, Warren, was time. Like over time, you grew wisdom and it started teaching you how to handle conflict in your relationship differently. And then I harnessed from what you said, Melissa, was honesty. We we learned how important it was to be honest with each other and to be open. Mm -hmm. And I think those things are two of the most powerful things that you guys said that matter in any effective relationship. Because yes, who you are in the beginning of that relationship certainly can't be who you are, shouldn't be who you are a year from now, five years from now, 20 years from now. You have to evolve. There's a quote on there that talks about, um, I think we read last time, I'm not sure. Um, It talks about evolution of change. And so that's what Warren was saying. I grew, I had to grow. You know, you grow and you learn. And then if you're constantly keeping secrets from each other and you're not telling each other the full truth, I think that opens a can of worms in relationships. We did a, um, I did a show some time ago on statistics of marriage. And um, one of the greatest dissolutions of marriage is communication, yes. is the failure of communications and relate. And you would think people who are intimate, and when I'm talking about intimate, I'm not talking about sexual intimacy singly. I'm talking about intimate where we're close to each other. Right. That we have such a hard time just learning to communicate well with each other. Right. And it destroys relationships. So I'm really glad that you guys um, have learned open and honest dialogue and you know put time which grows wisdom and so that's really good i want to ask you guys about raising children you kind of talked a little bit about that when you um started saying how you met um what were some of the challenges that you guys faced um you know raising children and ooh, i know we face a lot especially with this day and age and from the first set of kids we have to the second set you know there's that how many years seven years seven, seven years between them you know that's a big it was yeah. a big change how about you guys the zoom call for that one <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna be a whole nother session i know right did you guys have let me ask you did you guys have the same parenting style did you guys talk about how you would parent your kids no. No, we don't no, have we the same parenting style. No. But that balances everything out though. But one thing we do do, we we don't argue, we try not to argue in front of them. Um, even though kids will try to turn you against each other where they ask you something and then they, if you say no, they go to the other parent. You know, we try to well in the beginning when they were younger, we try to have that discussion behind the scenes. Um, yeah. but they still we yeah. do it. 
course. <laughs> yeah, my, my thing is, um, I mean, we definitely had different styles of raising kids. First of all, we different cultures, different, um, you know, just handle things differently. Um, you know, I, I came from, you know, they didn't spare that ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. They put that thing on us growing up. Um, and, Did you have to go get your own switch? Um, no, nah, my parents didn't use switches. They used okay. the belt. You, you had and to go get your own used belt. Whatever she could get her hands on. She got hold of for. Time to go get a switch. That you know, I, I would see some of my aunts do that to some of my cousins, but that was. That took too much time when my mother mad. Uh, she she picking up shoes or dish rags, whatever was in the way. We were both abused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Didn't want to pass that down. Right. So, um, you know, now don't get me wrong. I I spanked my kids a few times growing up, um, but it was minimal. Zayna probably got more than anybody because Zayna was a terror, you know, <laughs> at the beginning and. Um, you know, Christopher, a few times he got it and he got it. So I, you don't have to, in my in my mindset, if you got it, there's no need for me to keep going there. And that if there's something different that you, well, I, it just depends on, on the situation. You know what I mean? Um, but De Destiny, I don't ever remember doing her like that, but she claims I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember ever spanking her. I just don't. Um, but I know I did Chris a few times and probably Zayna more than all of them, of course. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, as my son became of age, he started talking to his mother a certain way. Um, you know, when I think he was about 14, 15 years old, and Melissa kept saying, you need to tell me, you need to you know. Those little mean-agers, I yeah. call them. So, <laughs> yes. You know, we, so one day, we need a t-shirt with that, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what they are. So one day he was doing something and I just caught him. Um, but it was no spank. I just hit him in the chest. Yes. But she got mad at me. <laughs> you know, she was like, I didn't bear for you. <laughs> Listen. Knock the wind out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like. Hey, don't say too much. We'll be on TV. Listen, you know, <laughs> that was that was the only time you know it was like he got it again it was like sometimes you just gotta show him like hey this is my house don't disrespect my wife don't disrespect my home period yeah. right not so, negotiables yeah but as far as like other things just raising kids it's just totally it's a different time where we have to do certain things different they have so many things and elements against them now with the social media we've had to deal with with um, with our children and um many times the the influence that they're receiving and seeing every day is difficult to to bear for them because this is what they see and this is what they think life is supposed to be about so instilling god in that segment and trying to teach them about that we, we were fortunate to be a part of a church that that they liked and loved at the time as well. Um, so that helped in raising them because they they knew who God was. They, they've been rooted. Anything else, like I told them, I can't save them, right? Absolutely. You, you know, so when I pass away, God judges me, right? When, when God says it's time for me to go, he's judging me. My mother can't save me. She, her and my father did the best way, best thing that, um, they could by raising me and teaching me. 
Then it was up to me. When they handed me the baton, it's just me and God now. Yes. So we've taught them the values of what God is. Now it's up to them to learn and continue that value. Of course, they're going to have their bumps and bruises in, in the roads, and that's what we're here for because, you know, they're all at the point now where they think they know everything, right? Absolutely. Um, and they don't. Yes. And, you it's know, impossible. So we, we argue about that many times, and sometimes they get it. Some of them will get it and earlier than others but that's that's the hard part the the kitty part to me that was fun yes right when they became teenagers it turned into something else you know that that's the hardest part for us is just trying to you know when, when they're coming into their own and finding themselves so let me can i let me interject and then melissa i'll hear your um statement on this did you guys um because i know reggie and i and since we our children are close in age for our second set of kids did discipline or your style of whether it was the way you communicated with them or discipline with them, did it, did, did it ever cause conflict between you and Melissa? That question for me or you? Um, both of you. Both of you, either oh. one. I'm pretty sure. I mean, because I, me and Reggie can be transparent. It, it did yeah, for absolutely. us, you know, I'm being the only woman pretty much. I mean, our daughter's 27. So yeah, and, and my niece that we raised, she's gone. So um, having three boys in the house and Reggie being here, I think as a woman, I had to learn with parenting that parenting boys was different than parenting girls. And then uh, definitely in the climate that we live in today for our African-American or boys of color um, have to go through. And in the beginning, when they were younger, um, dad was such a comfort communicator with them. You know, he was, let's do homework, and I'm giving my boys baths, and we're taking, playing basketball. When they got older, it was kind of like, look, come here. You're not going right, to, right. you know. And mom, I was like, oh, honey, don't, don't. <laughs> and I realized, I grew, I did what Warren said earlier. I, in time, I grew to understand that the way he had to handle them and to get up of the point across to them would be different than I would, which I think one of y'all said is like healthy balance. So it did for a minute cause issues with us because I just didn't know how to handle it. I think what one of the problems I always had, I didn't want the kids to create division between me and my wife because of discipline. Right. They will. And, and, you know, they will. So we, we had to work as a team on that aspect. Wow. But there was always the distinct difference between I'm your father, I'm not your friend, but we can have a friendly relationship. But I had to transition at each stage of life as they grew to get into their mindset to develop as young men. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes I, I had to change my teaching method and had to be a little bit harder than on stand. Life is not fair, but you got to navigate through it. And Absolutely. navigation is going to require you sometimes to be an individual just like you are now. Right. right. You, know, you know, the unique thing is you have other brothers and sisters. I remember one time me, me and Warren ran into each other at McDonald's. And we was like, oh, man, we got to get our kids to get. I said, man, my kids will resent me. I try to hook, hook them up like that. You see what I'm saying? And next thing I knew, uh, Chris and Kendall was like, 
But, but I'm like, boy, God answered our prayers that Absolutely. day in McDonald's. Absolutely, okay. man. We, we spoke that into fruition right there. We spoke that right in, but that's how God works. You it know? is, man. He's so unique. He's omnipotent in all that he do. And he's always teaching me. And, and I'm sharing with my boys because the unique thing growing up, I taught them the Bible. Right. And I walked them through. And we was in a church that walked them through. Right. So, and I passed the deal with men so strong. So, and on an individual level. So it was just a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And, and they created an opportunity where my wife would always bring that balance that they needed because they was boys. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that that's what I always loved about my wife. She could create an atmosphere totally different than me. Because at one time I was too soft. Right. And then she was like, no, nah, you need to tighten up on them boys now. Right. When I tighten up, you tighten it too tight. Right. You, yep. You, that's, you, yep. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So yep. um I think parenting is always difficult, but I thank God we had a manual to always go to and teach from, you know, and the Bible just helped me develop wisdom and how to articulate my thoughts where they could understand also. Right. You know, and um and it and it taught them, you know, being a man is not an easy job, but that's the only position you got. Right. The only position, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I think my wife was such a great caregiver, a nurturer for them. And they sometimes they didn't want to be with me. Right. You see what I'm saying? Then other times, where's dad? And right. now they don't want to be with me. They only want to be with their dad. Okay, I'm sorry, Melissa. What, what, did, what was your experience with parenting? Um, well, when they were younger, they were a lot easier. Um, of course, you know, like he mentioned, Zaina always had some challenges but I think the benefit of disciplining um even now that she's 22 she told me not too long ago she goes when you thought I wasn't listening I was praise Lord so that made me feel like okay I I didn't totally mess it up right (laughs) because it's it's a trial by error and like I said now the two young ones now that they're older, they have been very challenging. And he's been the one, the voice of reason, where I'm like, because, you know, and I just tell them, I just want the best, you know? That's my whole goal is just, I want you guys to thrive. I want you guys to do better than us, you know? Um, I want you to always keep that relationship with God. And I'm thankful that we did, we provided that that groundwork for them spiritually, because again, they're gonna make mistakes. We've all done it. We want to prevent them from doing it, but we can't, you know, because life doesn't work that way. But at least you know that they will loop back around and and go back to the source because of the the plant that was seeded early on. Absolutely. And then even with Zaina, we see we saw her growth because we didn't at high school when she, you know even when she was a senior, you were like, oh boy, Melissa was like, yeah, I'm gonna kill her before she get to college, <laughs> right? You know. But when she got to college, it was like an about face. It was like like she told um, Melissa, like she, when we didn't think she was listening, she was listening. So when those doors opened up and wisdom started to see through, and she embraced it, she saw what we had been trying to tell. Not that she wasn't making mistakes, but we saw like a 50% maturity um, uh, rate over that first two years of college, you know. Um, and she still continues to grow and, and, and prosper and 
Uh, so we are proud of her. Uh, and we you get to see the other two do the same. Um, and, you know, again, they can make mistakes and they're going to make mistakes. Um, but how we guide them um, and when they finally embrace it is everything. So it's like we feel accomplished then. And, and that's so encouraging because I think when they're young and you're going through that, you feel like, man, what did I do wrong? What, you know, what could we have done better? Right. Right. And then when they hit that stage, I can remember when Tiffany and Jermaine, who are now 27 and 26, said to me, you know, mom, we get it. We hear you. You know, my son, Jerry, is he's 19. He'll be 20 soon. And he's coming around saying, you know, he understands things differently. And right. I think, I'm like Melissa. You just want to protect your kids. You don't want to see them hurt. You you want as a I'm sure as a dad too, but I'm just speaking from a mother's heart. You know, we don't even want to see them fall. You know, it's like, what can I do to prevent this? And I've had to grow to learn that I can't protect them forever. Right. And I think that's what Reggie was also. There was a part of him that was teaching me that they've got to experience life. And I'm like, yeah, they do, but not like this. Let me help them not do this. And you know, with with time, we're learning, and we're still learning. Even with our oldest child being 27 years old, we are still in this learning game of parenting because um, each each stage of their life is different. Because now we're learning how to parent adults, yes. right. right? Like yeah. or young teenagers, like you know, like Kendall, my baby, my last one, just like well, Zane is well. What's the baby's name? Destiny's the last. Destiny's the last one for you guys. Um, with Kendall, you know, I went through. Parenting withdrawal. Oh, really? I mean, an emotional hard withdrawal because he's no longer a baby. He no longer needs me. Right. He much prefer to be around his dad than to be around me. He he comes to me when he needs something, when he needs help, when he needs money, when he needs something fixed. But anything else is like, mom, you don't know nothing where dad at. You know what I mean? And so that has been a challenge for me because that used to be my partner, my road dog. I mean, we did everything together. I think it's for both, even for me, you know, because my desire for them is not to, I raised them where they never saw my sin. Um, they never witnessed my previous and former life. And so I gave them an opportunity, something I didn't have. You see what I'm saying? And the uniqueness, I witnessed that through your dad, um, uh, Warren, that you know, marriage. I went through that mystery. Right. I witnessed yeah. that, and and they always was there for me. And I always watched your dad. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna preach about your dad uh, uh, mm -hmm. one of my sermons. You know about faithfulness, because right. other people watching. That's the name of the sermon. Right. But in a way, just today with Kendall, you know, I I was upset with him because he hurt his ankle at the skate park. And he got workouts. He's on a full scholarship to St. All. And he got workout on Monday. Oh. So I was kind of upset with him. I said, I come in and said, mm, still working out. You up there on the skateboard and don't so hurt yourself. So, and I walked in. So he was upset. And I went upstairs and I came up to him. And I said, I apologize. I said, you're a young man, young adult. I have to appreciate your perspective and making your own decisions, even when I don't agree. And I just walked out. You know, and that's growth. Right. Yeah. Because right. all the kids, you know what I mean, even when I don't agree, you know what? That was your decision. How did that yeah. work out for you? you and the know? other thing, just to tag along with that, Reg. Yes, sir. Um, my kids, as they've gotten older, all of them, uh, especially with Zaina coming home to visit, you know, 
and us having disagreements sometimes even when she visited. And what I learned was us listening to them, right? We didn't always hear them, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, that was one thing that we would be failures on many times when we did not listen. Sometimes, because we, you know, they can make us so angry and us being the mother, the father, like, you, you are the chat. I'm the, you know what I mean? And we, we miss what they're trying to tell us because we're not, we don't want to hear it. And I, when I finally started seeing that, when they started mentioning these things, even though we didn't want to hear it, they didn't communicate it right, right? They didn't say it right, yes, but sir. they made sense, right? right? They didn't say it right because they were upset too. Yes, sir. Which made like, hey, you know. Don't forget your place. You still say what you want to say, but be respectful. Once we started understanding what they were trying to tell us, it made us realize, at least me anyway, I, it made me realize, okay, I got to fall back a little bit because I don't know, there is no manual, right? We know God, but we don't know it all. So when they're trying to tell us something, I remember people not listening to me and thinking like, they don't understand, right? They just, you know, being this dictator, which is what we ultimately That's were. Good. That's really good. So I had to step back and be like, dang, she was right. Right. Was right. Repeating that cycle. was right, you know, especially with, you know, Destiny coming up and, you know, being the baby girl and going through things, it was like, we won't, we could have been much better. Yes. If we would have just took time or taken time to, to, you know, like we, we sometimes look at things like, okay, well, that's just how teenagers are. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. That door might be shut just because, you know, that's what they do. We, we had other teenagers, everybody we talked to, their teenagers get to the zone, but it's not like that. Sometimes you got to ask questions and hear the, you know, hear their body movements. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, or embrace their body movements. So that's. But I just say, I, I think parenting is transitional. You always change, you growing as they grow. And I right. think we grow to. I think we grow to try to make sure we're more beneficial to them for being their parents when they don't need us, when they need us less. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I'm, I'm looking at my boys, it's like, you know, man, I'm still so proud of y'all. Right. I'm so proud of y'all. You know, I was coming out of prison when Kendra was going, going to school. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, just to witness where they're at and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to let them understand, more important, you at the, the apex of your life right now. The opportunities are so various and great for you. Please don't squander it. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be more of a listener, more of a friend now. Right. You, you and that's the thing. Mean? And, uh, hey, when you make decisions, let me know. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 we be right here, you yeah. know what I mean? Because they hate, they, but that's, I know one thing, they hate for us trying to make that decision for them. Right. And, and, you know you can't win them size And rightfully so, because, you know, we put ourselves back in the time when we were growing up, we didn't like it either. So, you know, it's trying to find that transition. And so I, I hope that maybe somebody young is listening to this podcast and they'll know that even as a parent, we have to come back and say, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Absolutely. I apologize. 
and I am proud of you. And I think that's what we have learned on our journey of parenting is to reassure our kids that even when we we may be disappointed in something, right. doesn't mean we don't love you, doesn't mean we're not proud of your accomplishments as a whole. We just disappointed about this particular thing. Absolutely. Right. And like you said, I think you said something that was so important, um, Warren, is learning to listen. Yeah. And just as in marriage, we talked about that in our last podcast. One of the most important things is learning how to hear your significant other's heart. Right. Not to um, to start to think about what they're saying with your with your own head and manipulate it in your head. What did he mean by that? What was he really saying? Just right. learn to listen to the words coming out of someone's mm-hmm. mouth without anything extra put to it. Right. And I think when we can do that, even with our children, I think it makes it effective in building more solidified parenting relationships, just like with marriages. Let me ask you guys before we end this, it's been so insightful. What has marriage taught you, Melissa, about yourself? What has this, how many years have you guys been married? 18 years. How what has this 18 years taught you, Melissa, about yourself? Hmm. Start with me, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What has 18 years of marriage taught me? Patience. (laughs) So taught you that you needed more patience? Yeah, I've I've learned to be more patient. Um, Sometimes I have to let him be him. Um, I'm, I'm able to be more open, you know, as far as, um, not having a wall up. So I'm comfortable being, you know, open and free, you know, no judgment. Like he's my safe space, you know, not only are we married, he's my best friend, you know, like my kids would say, you don't have a lot of friends, right? (laughs) I said, I got friends. I said, but your dad is my best friend. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be best friends before. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. All right, Mr. Terrell, what has marriage taught you in 18 years about yourself? Don't use the music, though. Don't no. use the music. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it's taught me um, to be a man. Amen. You know, um, because in a marriage, I had to understand that I am the man of my marriage and the man of my home. So many times, you know, before marriage, you know, I acted as a boy. Um, and there comes consequences and um, things that you have to be responsible for and accountable for in a marriage. So I had to accept that when you're a boy, you act like a boy, Mm. but when you're a man, you have to become a man. So that becomes being able to support my children, support my wife, um, whether it's uh, spiritually, physically, and financially, you know, I had to become a man. I had to be a man, not just talk about it. What you know, what people are like, yo, I'm a man, and you know, this is a man's. It's it's way beyond that. I had to I had to be what it was. I had to be, come a man, and that's what I became. So that's that was the change in me because I really wasn't 
my age gave me a man in adulthood, but I wasn't a man until I actually uh, married her. Uh, if that makes sense, I was a you know I, I would say I was a young boy, a young man, but I became all right, all out king when I married her because that's what it put me in. I was I became royalty, not just to her because when I would come to the door or come home, my kids come running, daddy, daddy. That just took me to another level. Well, knowing that somebody counted on me, nobody ever counted on me. Wow. So that's what it taught me. Praise God, that's good. That's, that's awesome, man. That's I would say, just to piggyback on, the Bible said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Absolutely, that's so, it. So that's a strong statement and that you said in this podcast that I want to commend you for. Um, that's awesome. And I hope Thank a whole you. lot of people are listening because I think a lot of people want to take the attributes of a man, but don't walk in it. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. My, my sole responsibility, because God is concerned about how I treat his daughter. Right. That means, are you financially taken care of? Right. Are you bringing home the check? No matter how much it is, I know a lot of people make a whole lot more money, but they got good stewardships. So they still broke. Right. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, are you kind to your, my daughter? Are you taking care of my daughter's kids? You know what I mean? Is dad at home on Friday night instead of running around town Friday and come back home on Sunday? Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Can't right. she depend on you? Right. You know what I mean? Are you faithful to her? Right. What are your kids witnessing how you treat their mama? Right. Absolutely. You, you see right. what I'm saying? So that was powerful what you said. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. that. By him being a man, that's why I feel safe and, and not vulnerable yes, because sir. we know that we, we're here for each other. So it's not like, oh, you're behind him. No, I'm with him. Yes. And we're a team. Praise God. That's, That's good. good. That's good. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to um, just put a plug in. Um, there's a podcast that I happen to come across by DeAndre Whitfield. I don't know if you guys know. He's an actor, yeah. Yeah, actor. And he has a podcast podcast called male versus man and he's talking exactly about what warren's talking about about when a man transitions from being a male to a man right and he's interviewing different men and they're talking about that and i, I came across of it with he was doing one with will smith and it was just so powerful and so thank you for sharing that because i think that's really really important in our growth as human beings Right. Um, and the last question I want to ask you guys before we leave is if you had a young couple that was coming to you married or looking to be married, what piece of advice would you give them um, that you wish you would have had when you were their age considering marriage? What piece of advice? And while you're thinking about that, I'm going to read a quote to give you time to think. So I'll put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Let me read the question again. If you had a um, young couple that was coming to you that was either early ma in their marriage or considering marriage, what piece of, what one, just one thing, piece of advice would you give them that you wish someone would have given you early on in your marriage? And this last quote I'm going to read, it says, a successful marriage requires falling in love many times, always with the same person over and over again. And that's mm -hmm. by Megan McLaughlin. Right. So 
in order for me to have a successful marriage, my love has to be renewed from him over and over again. There's a time and a season for all things. And each season, I've got to reconnect with him. And this is a new season for us with us getting ready to be empty nesters, you know? Praise Lord. And learning to talk. <laughs> <laughs> right behind you. <laughs> We're going to be doing TikTok videos, y'all. <laughs> um, and learning to fall in love with him again. And I think, um, you know, right now where we are in our relationship, we have been parents for so long. For, um, for 20 years. I mean, as long as we've been married, we've been parents. Right. And but Jermaine was five. Right. was five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have shared that common interest is to be good parents. Right. Now our interest is going to change in Absolutely. the sense of now our interest is, I need to share the common interest into now putting my energy that I expelled into those four kids into making you happy. And he has the intern say, now I can't be too busy with work now and too busy with the kids. Now, now my energy has to be expelled into figuring out what Charlene needs to make her happy. And if he didn't know, I was just putting that in his ears. <laughs> <laughs> She always got hate no more. She always got I felt all that. I felt all that right there. Those are plugs. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's just so powerful that, you know, to really have a successful marriage, it requires falling in love again. Yes. And so for you two, what piece of advice would you guys give that newly married couple or that couple looking to get married? That one thing you would say, I wish somebody would have told me. Well, I would say to continue to date each other, even married. Because like you said, you can get consumed by raising children, careers, you know, and then you got to learn each other again because your time is occupied. But if you continue dating each other, if it's a Friday night or if it's a Wednesday, however, you know, where you take the time when it's just you and him, I think that should always be there within the whole relationship. Like we... Before COVID, I mean, we used to go out on Fridays and we'll go out, get something to eat, even if it's to drive and pick it up and come back, try to watch a movie together, fall asleep on it, you know, but we're, we're spending that quality time. So even for now, us being, you know, quarantined, it's not hard for us to be quarantined because we're used to being with each other and, and hanging out with each other. I like that advice. What about you, Warren? Um, I would say um, just piggyback off of what she said um, because we we probably heard the things um, um, keep people out your business and all you know you heard these things and keep God in, you know so we we know those things are have been told to us but I would piggyback off of what she said with the dating things like continue to have fun with each other and make it intentional yes and intentionally make a good time for each other because um, many times um in relationships or long relationships we we take advantage of that you're going to always be there no matter what right um rather than we forget you know chris rock told us a long time ago <laughs> chris, rock. Chris, chris rock the words of philosophy he said every time and i, I gotta use different phrases because he used curse words but every time a woman goes out she get hit on you know what i mean nine out of 10 times a day, right? You know, not, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not 
accurate, but they do get hit on, right? Somebody's looking at them. What, whether they know it or not, they walk, watching them walk down the grocery aisle or, you know, they see them doing this, that, and the other, and they're looking at, uh-uh-uh, right? Yes, sir. We don't get that all the time, right? That's right. You always get offers. So we got to let our woman know, mm, girl, <laughs> girl, let me tell you something. You know what I mean? You know, we, we got to have fun with it, right? We got to let them always know that they still are what they were when we met. You know what I mean? And, and, and be intentional about having fun and letting the world, letting the world know that this is, this is our queen. And she let the world know this is our king. You know, this is my king. So when we intentionally let the people know, like, and I try, that's what I try to do. Like intentionally let people know this is what it is right here. And you're not going to break this bond because when you hide your queen or king, or you don't intentionally let people know that this is, this is what it is, it allows people room like, oh, well, he don't talk about it that much. Or he don't, you know, she don't mention him that much. So maybe, you know, I can sneak yeah. in a little bit, yeah. right? You got to let people know this bond is not going to be broken, right? Yeah. And, and that, that, that keeps the friction around, that keeps that atmosphere protected. So you be intentional about like, you know, I, I'm good over here. You, you let her know and she lets me know that we, let's go have some fun. We don't care who see us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't care who see me dancing my wife because I got my wife by dancing. You know, I, I got my wife. Open up to her. Yeah, I, I, got, I, I got my wife by kissing on her and loving on her. That's so, so you're not going to change me. I don't care what people think because me and God is cool. You know what I mean? He, you know what I mean? He gave me these moves. Yeah. <laughs> that is really good. My attitude. So I don't care what people think. If I'm making her happy and I'm good in God's eyes because we all are imperfect. And I let my kids know that we aren't perfect parents because perfect parents raise perfect kids, right? Exactly. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Because it ain't no perfect parents and ain't no perfect kids. So we imperfect parents who has imperfect kids trying to make things perfect. Yes. And that's it. That is excellent advice. Continue today. So for those married couples out there or those couples who are considering marriage, I don't give them married, two days, 10 years, continue to date each other. And that's Be without the children. Yeah. Yeah. Be without that's the right. babies. Leave them at without home. Be intentional on having fun with one another. Right. And you can continue to strengthen your relationship. You guys, I think that we have helped some people today yeah. to stay on this journey through the ups and downs and knowing that they can make it together. The last thing we want y'all to do before we end, y'all got to turn and face each other. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So look your man in the eye, Melissa. Look your woman in the eye, Christopher, and say, baby, baby, we can make it through this together. We can make it through this together. All right, now give him a kiss. Thank you for having us. We love you I love you guys. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate all of you guys listening to us um, via our podcast platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, share this channel. Listen, we are only here trying to help lift love on everybody God gives us the opportunity to connect with. And we thank you and we appreciate you. Again, this is your girl, Charlene, and we're signing out. Love you.